My name's Chad. For those of you who haven't got a chance to meet, my wife Don and I are the pastors here. So thrilled to have you. Thanks for uh, being here in the flesh or tuning in online. Sometimes you don't remember or think about it. I got a card this week from a lady that said, hi, uh, I've never met you and I've never been to your church. But I just wanted to thank you that your messages every week, I listen to them and they have ministered to me so much. So you just never know who's watching, who's listening. Uh, God is using you to reach people all throughout the region. So I want to say thank you. God bless you for being a part of that. We're starting a new series today called Generous Living. And because you guys are being generous, we're able to reach people that are not even attending, people that we don't even know. But this series is going to be phenomenal. We just got done with our series, Your Story, More Than a Post. Anybody enjoy that series? Did you get something out of that? Amen. But today we're going to start this about generous living and what it means to live generously in our lives. So if you've got your Bibles, your sermon notes, you can get those on your Version Bible app or you can pull them right out of your worship guide. Let's open up our Bibles to Romans chapter 12. Woo! Romans 12. Romans chapter 12, generous living. So has anyone, let me ask you this question, has anyone ever been generous to you? Anybody? Anyone ever been the recipient of generosity? Uh, just this week I was eating lunch at a restaurant and uh, there were three of us there eating and we just got done and got our checks from the, from the uh, server and uh, the, the server came back by and said, hey, I'm going to need your checks. And I'm like, okay. So we gave him, gave him our checks. And then a, then a man walked over to our table and just said, hey, I just want to thank you for everything you do. You probably don't hear that enough, but I just want you to know you're appreciated. And, and we thank you. And I was like, cool. I had no idea who he was. <laughs> so I said, hey, what's your name? <laughs> Somebody's going to buy my lunch. I want to know your name. And so thanked him and met him. And that, how many know that was a generous act on his part? I had no idea who he was, and I mean, he maybe, maybe have known who I was, but we had no relationship, but he just chose to buy our lunch out of the goodness of his heart. That's generosity. So what, what does it mean to be generous? Here's what the Webster Dictionary says about generosity. It means liberal in giving, liberal in giving, open-handed. I like that. Just open-handed, marked by abundance or ample Proportions. So here's two things that I think we should take note of about generosity. Number one, you need to be willing. Generosity involves willingness. There's nobody twisting your arm to be generous. You're open-handed. Everything that God puts in your hand, you leave it open. Instead of he has to pry it out of your fingers to give it to someone. You know, have you ever had some, maybe one of your children held on to something like, hey, you need to share, share. And they're holding on to it. They won't let go. You're like, give it, give it to me. Give it. You know, this is sometimes the way I think God is with us. Hey, I want you to give of what I've given to you. We need to hold it open-handed. So there needs to be a willingness. And then generosity is also excessive. Generosity is over the top. Generosity is more than is asked of you. It's more than required. Generosity is not doing the bare minimum. Right? We have a, one of our core values here also is excellence. You know, we bring our A game, but we want to live generously. And so this is something we want to have in our life that we want to do more than ask of us. Living a generous life is not just scraping by and saying, hey, here's the standard. This is what you're asking. Boom, I'm going to bring more than that. You only need me to do this much. Bam, I'm going to bring more than you even asked. That's generous living. Anybody feel me? 
<laughs> Online, I hope you're engaging. Start preaching to the TV. But this is at the, gener- at the, at the Rhodes Church. We want to live a generous life. We want to be a generous church. Again, I mentioned our core value. We live generously. Freely we receive, freely we give. We want to live generously. We want to be a, a generous church. Now, when I say be a generous church, I don't want to just be a generous organization. I want to be an organization that's filled with generous individuals. Because how many knows you can be part of a generous organization and you not be generous yourself? You can, you can get in on someone else's generosity, but God says, I want you to be generous. So the only way we're going to be a generous church is when we all individually live generously and we live willingly and excessively over and abundance. Now we have a generous organization because we have a bunch of generous individuals. And this is what he's calling us to, live generously, core value. So now, as we do this, we got to realize why do we live generously? Because we have a good example of a generous God. How many knows God's generous? He is a generous God. That's right. Better crowd participation is awesome. So in Psalm 51, this is what David said. He said, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. God has a generous spirit. A generous spirit. God is very generous. Here's what that word generous means in the Hebrew. It's a word that means voluntary. Again, no have to be forced to do it. Uncompelled. It means God is voluntarily loving you today. He's voluntarily, generously loving you. I don't care how bad you are right now. If you're watching or listening, God is voluntarily loving you. He doesn't have to love you. And maybe you're saying, I don't deserve to be loved. It doesn't matter. He's uncompelled to love you. It's his free movement of his will to love you. He's generous with his mercy. He's generous with his grace. He's he's excessive with it. The Bible says where sin abounded, grace much more abounded. He's generous with his grace. This is generosity with grace. That's what that means. He's generous with it. So whenever we have a bunch of sin in our life, God doesn't hold back his love and give just a little bit of love because we got a bunch of sin. No, he just dumps a bunch of love on us because the Bible says love covers a multitude of sin. He just dumps a bunch of love everywhere there's a bunch of sin. Boom, there's a bunch of grace. Drown it out with a bunch of love. That's how God is. He's generous. He's not stingy. He's not holding out on you. He's not holding back. He is generous. He's making it rain up in here with a bunch of love and a bunch of grace. He's good like that. So there's three things I think are a requirement to live a generous life. Number one, it's got to be yours to give. It's got to be yours to give. You can't be generous with somebody else's stuff. You can't. You ever try to do that? I mean, you can, but it's not really generous. Unless it's yours to give. Like you take something from somebody else and nobody knows it and you go, hey, I just want to make sure you have this. Just want to give it to you. And they're like, oh, that's so generous. You're like, yeah, <laughs> it's not even mine. You know, or maybe you got one of, one of your kids, you know, that you can't take somebody else's stuff and then be generous with it. It has to be yours to give. Here's what you need to know. God will never ask you to be generous with something that doesn't belong to you. In other words, he's not going to ask you to give of something he hasn't already given you to give. You've got something to give. Look to your neighbor and say, you've got something to give. So be generous with it. Be generous with it. Number one, it's got to be yours to give. It's got to belong to you. And we'll talk about valuing what's ours to give here in just a moment. Number two, the second thing, it has to be voluntary. If you're going to be generous, the Bible says it can't be out of 
grudging obligation. you got to want to do it. If we're going to get credit with God for generosity, we have to do it voluntarily. It's not generous for me to pay my electric bill. Kind of have to do it. If I want to keep the lights on, it's not generous. Generous is something I don't have to do at all, and you choose to do it anyway. That's generous. That's excessive. That's over the top, voluntarily. So when we're talking about generous living, I want to look at things that I don't have to do, I get to do. How many of you need to have that conversation with your kids? You don't have to do it. You get to do it. Maybe you have, have that conversation with people that serve with you on the dream team. Some said, do I have to do it? No, you get to do it. So do I have to attend one service and serve another service? No, you get to. Why? Because you're being generous. You're giving to someone else. You're giving so that someone else can experience the same thing you got to experience. That's generous living. You voluntarily do it. Well, what do I have to do? I mean, uh, you know, you're not going to get any credit for have to do. We get credit when we choose to do. How many wants credit from God for being generous? <laughs> then we got to do it voluntarily. Number three, third thing about being generous, it's going to be sacrificial. It's going to cost us something. It's got to be cost us, going to cost us something to be generous. David said this in 1 Chronicles 21. This guy named Ornan, he was wanting to use his threshing floor to make a sacrifice to God and and Ornan said, hey, take it for yourself. He's going to give it to him. Let the Lord, the Lord, the king, do what is good in his eyes. Look, I give you the oxen. I'll give you the oxen for the birth offerings. I'll give you the implements for the wood to burn. I'll give you the wheat for the grain offering. I give it all. So imagine a person come to you and say, I'm going to give you everything. And look what David said back to him. He said, no, but I will surely buy it for the full price. Not even discount somebody. Not even discount price. He said, I want to buy it at full retail. You know the price you never buy cars at? That's what David said. I want to buy it at that price. The suggestion manufacturing retail price. He said, I want, to, I want to buy it at that price. He said, for I will not take what is yours for the Lord, nor offer burnt offerings with that which costs me nothing. Here's what we're talking about generous living is. It's got to be mine to give. I got to be willing to do it, and it's going to cost me something. It's got to cost me something. As part of being a generous person, you're going to have to give of something. You're going to have to give uh, give up something to give for something else. You may have to give up some free time to do something else. You may have to give up some of your money to bless someone else. You may have to give some of your time to help somebody else. Whatever it is, God's saying, I want you to be generous. Do it sacrificially. So now let's look and see what the Bible says about that and what it means to be generous because sometimes generosity can be determined by one of two things. Generosity can be the amount of something or it also can be the intent. Let me give you an example. Like you could get a generous helping of mashed potatoes. If someone gave you a generous portion of mashed potatoes, that means they gave you a lot. Sometimes we measure generosity by the amount of something. But we got to be careful. Generosity is not just measured by the amount. It's also measured by the intent. Because if that person has five tubs of mashed potatoes they're trying to get rid of, it wasn't generous of them to give you a big portion. The same way when someone gives, and I'll use something, we just use an example that we can all identify with. If someone gives money, the amount is not what God looks at. He looks at your heart. 
The Bible gives a good example of this. There was in a church service and Jesus was there and he's talking to the disciples and everybody came by to drop in their offerings. And he said that all these people came in, dropped these big, big offerings in and it was awesome and it's incredible. And this one lady came in and she dropped in two mites, just pennies. And Jesus said, whoa, whoa, hey, everybody pay attention, pay attention. I just want you to know that this lady brought more than all of them. And they were like, oh, Jesus. John, John's a big giver. John over here, he, he, he's the biggest giver in our church. Surely you meant John gave more. She didn't give more than John. John always gives more. It's like, no, no, no. You're looking at the amount. I'm looking at the sacrifice. John gave $1,000, but he had hundreds of thousands to give. She gave pennies, and she gave everything she had. This is why we got to remember when we're being generous with our life, it's not about the amount. Some person may give $20 in here and it be a huge, generous offering to God. Another person dropped 20 in and God say, hmm, I was stingy because they had a different amount. I was telling, one time I was receiving offering, I was serving as an usher in a service and I was actually picking up the, the offering plate as it came by. And as it came to the end, the individuals that at was the end that was getting ready to take the plate took his money and he fanned out three $20 bills and fanned them out so you could see all three of them, laid them out open and put them right on top of the plate and then handed it to me. It was like, I just noticed you gave 60 bucks. That's awesome. And I, I heard in my heart, God said, he has his reward right there. Why? Because we think sometimes certain amounts please God. It's your heart that pleases God. Intentional, generous living. So let's see what the Bible has to say about it. Go over to Romans chapter 12. Romans 12. I'm going to start reading in verse 1. Generous living. We want to live generously. We want to live willingly and excessively. Generous with everything that we have. Open-handed. Our talents, our time, our treasure. Live generously. Look to your neighbor and, live, and say live generously. Live generously. Live generously. We want to live generously. Romans 12. Here it goes. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. I beseech you. That's not a word we use a lot in the English language. We don't say beseech a lot. That word beseech, the definition of the word beseech, what it means literally in the Greek language, just means to call or to invite near, to, to uh, make a call like, hey, come on. It's an invitation. I beseech you. I beseech you. Come here. It's an invitation. Generous living is an invitation from God. It's not a mandate. It's an invitation. So you're invited to live generously. You're invited. You know, it's like you could say, hey, I beseech you, children, clean up your room. I just think we should work beseech into our modern-day language. Just say it more often. Say, I beseech you for more uh, potatoes, please. I beseech you. I just call in seconds. I beseech. Let's try using that this week. How many times you can use the word beseech? Let's start texting one another. I beseech you. Here's what it is. Again, it's an invitation. You're invited to live generously. Just turn to that person next to you and say, you're invited. You're invited. You're invited. There's an invitation going out today. If you're watching online, you're invited. You're invited to live generously. It's not a requirement. We can say no, but God's invited. What is he inviting us to? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies. I beseech you, therefore, by the 
uh, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, your bodies. What does the word bodies mean? The word bodies is a Greek word that comes from the word sozo that means your whole self. So you present your bodies, your whole you, not just your Sunday self, your whole self. God's saying, I want you to offer, I want you to make a presentation of your whole you. So what are we talking about? Every part of you, your whole life, all your gifts, all your talents, all your finances, all your health, all your faculties, your intelligence, your wisdom, your whole self. Present your whole bodies. If you got it, what picture we're talking about? All of you. Not just part, not just Sunday for an hour and a half. Your whole week, seven days, 24-7, 365. The whole self. Look at yourself and say, my whole self, my whole self. You're done talking to your neighbor. If you're getting annoyed with that, just talk to yourself. (laughs) Present your whole bodies. Present your whole bodies. Present. What does that word mean? I like breaking down the Bible a little bit if you haven't noticed. The word present, I like the word present or present in the English language. It's a cool word because it, in the English language, it's a noun, an adjective, and a verb, the same word. You, just the way you say, spell it the same, but it's a noun, an adjective, and a, word, and a verb. So what's a, what's a noun? Present. A present is something we give, right? I give you a present. I give you a birthday present. I give you a Christmas present. What is it saying? Your whole self, your whole you is a present to God. You are a gift. God's talents that he's given you, that's his gift to you. What you do with it, it's your gift back to him. He's given you something. What are you going to do with it? You're a gift, Look at your neighbor and say, I'm a gift. <laughs> I, just, I want them to know you're a gift. You're like, Chad, I am tired of talking to this neighbor. No, you're not. They need to hear from you today. Need to hear from you. Why? You need to know you're a gift. You're a gift. It's a present. You're a present. God's given you gifts and you need to give them back. So now what's the second part? The word present also means it's an adjective. Because when, when we're talking about adjective, This word adjective is like a present time or present tense. So we're talking about now we know we're a gift, but now the word present also means time frame. So it means like when do we give our gift? Present tense. When are we generous? Generous living is about present tense. So it's about doing it now. The Bible says, behold, now is the day of salvation. Now is the acceptable time. I think it's the other way around. Now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. When is our time? The Bible says in Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is. When are we supposed to be generous with what God has given us? Let's try it again. When are we supposed to live a generous life? Yeah. Now. Now. we got to do it now. we got to be ready because that word present in the Hebrew means to stand beside. To stand beside. It's where we get our phrase, I'm on standby. Anybody ever flown on standby? That means you are ready. If I'm on standby, that means I am ready and available. That is, as soon as my next opportunity, I'm in. So when it says present your bodies, present your whole bodies, that means at the next opportunity. Hear me, at your next opportunity, you're telling God I'm available. 
the next opportunity when I come across a friend's path or a, or a classmate or a coworker, and there's a need, I'm ready. I'm on standby. I'm going to do it now. I was thinking about one of my favorite movies. It's, it's a little age on it now, so I apologize it's not current reference, but it's the movie Tombstone. Amen. Some people say, <laughs> got some fans. But now, I'm, not, I'm usually not big on westerns, but, but this one I thought was really good. And it's one particular scene I was thinking about when I was preparing this part of the message about doing it now and being on standby. And I remember there's this guy who's calling out uh, this other guy. He's calling out wanting to fight uh, this white Earp. And he said, hey, come on, I want, I, want to, I want to fight you right now. Duel, like gun duel, not like sword duel or punch with five. But I want to, sh- I want to shoot you is what I'm really what he's saying. So he's talking about calling him out. And... And Doc Holliday, played by Val Kilmer, is on the porch getting shaved. And, and he hears all this commotion and he stands up and he, he speaks to the guy that's calling the other guy out. And he says, I'll be your huckleberry. What he was saying was, I'll fight you. I'm ready. I'm on standby. I'm ready now. And I, I see this picture of him sitting there and his fingers just tapping his gun. Like he's ready, I'm ready, just pull, say the word, I'll start firing, just say it, say it, say it, come on, pull it. I believe this is the way we're supposed to be with God, that we should be walking around in the present ready for God to use us with our gifts and our talents with our smile, with our whatever God has given us. We're ready. We're like, God, bring me a need. Bring me somebody that's hurt. Bring me somebody that needs to pray for. Come on, come on. Bring it. I'm ready to pull. Come on, I'm on fire. Pam. <laughs> but instead, too many times, we've, we don't even have our guns on. We're not even ready. And if we do have our guns on, we have to pray three hours and want God to show us a sign from heaven God, do you want me to pray for them? I'm not sure. Is that God or the devil? Let's see. Is that me? Would, oh, does God want me to pray for them? I just don't know. I don't want to be pushy. You know, I don't. Need to be ready. Need to be ready. Just if they even have the look in their eye that they might want to be prayed for. You know, just maybe just might. Just might. Just might. I don't even know for sure. I'm not even sure if you're awake. I'll just shoot anyway. I'm not, I'm not even sure if you're looking at me. I just come, did you want me to pray for you? I wasn't even looking at you. I'm just ready. <laughs> Present now. Present your bodies now. You know how many times do we do this in our life? Someone comes up to you and say, hey, uh, you said, hey, how you doing? They're like, ah, not too good. This is going on. That's going on. We said, oh, okay. Well, I'll be praying for you. Now. Now is the acceptable time. Now is when we do it. That's when, so next time someone comes up to you and say, hey, uh, you know, I'm not going, not going too good or this. Or, okay, well, let's pray. They're like, now? Now. I heard now is the time. I'm ready. I want you to walk into work tomorrow just like this. Just, just tap. You know. You know. Just walk by them. You know. I'll be your huckleberry. Come on. Third way, we've got noun, adjective. The last one's verb. Present your bodies. It's you present something. It's action. God's given you a gift. He's telling us when to use it, but we still have to act. We, st- we got to pull the trigger. You've got the ammo. You've got it in your arsenal. You just got to fire. You know how we do 
ready, aim, fire. Sometimes with God speaking to our hearts, we're like, ready, aim, aim, aim. I'm not sure I'm ready. Okay, ready, aim, aim again, aim, aim. We never fire. Sometimes we just got to pull the trigger. The Bible says faith without works is, it's dead. So he said, when you present your bodies, I want you to be action. Have some action. You've got a gift. I want you to do it now, and I want you to be a verb. I want you to be an action. Generous living acts on it right now. Now let's look at the next part. He says, how are we going to do this? Present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. You know it's your reasonable service? To serve God. It makes logical sense to serve God. It makes, makes the best reason. It's rational. You know, God's beseeching you. He's inviting us, but it's not a requirement. It's rational, it's reasonable, but it's not a requirement. So let's go to the next part. And do not be conformed to this world, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world. The word conform means to shape after a pattern or set of behaviors. He says, do not be conformed to this world. So conforming is not the problem. The problem is what we conform to. Come on, did you hear me? The problem is not conforming. The problem is conforming to the wrong thing. If we're going to live a generous life, guess what? we got to be careful not to conform according to the world's way because the world says, look out for number one. Right? You know, we never had a verb called selfie until recently. Now, I'm not against taking pictures of yourself, and I'm not bashing on that. I'm just saying we can't be conformed to this world's way who says, what about me, what about me, what about me? Don't be conformed to that world. Be transformed by renewing your mind. If we're going to live generously, then I can't be molded by the world's idea of me first. We should be molded by the idea of others first. The fastest way to get into discouragement, which leads into depression, is to get focused on me. Me, 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 me. What about me? What about me? What about me? That should be a song. (laughs) And what happens when we get focused on ourselves, we start to close in on ourselves. So he's saying be transformed by renewing our mind. Transformed by renewing our mind to generous living instead of selfish living. Because look what happens. He gives us a way to do that. That you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you. I'm speaking to everyone who is among us. Watching online or right here listening. Listen to what it says. To everyone who is among you. Do not think of himself or herself more highly than he ought to think. That word highly just means excessive. I give it to you there in your notes. means excessive thought or attention to. When we give excessive thought or attention to ourselves, we're not going to live generously. We're going to think about, well, I can't give to someone else. I got my own needs. I got my own issues. But generous living will not give excessive thought to ourselves, but we'll live, well, think soberly what the word says there in your Bible, soberly. That doesn't mean non-drunk. I mean, it's good to not be drunk, but I'm just, that's not what it's talking about here. 
That's a different, t- different message. But he says, think soberly. Here's the difference. When I think highly of myself, I think and focus on myself. When I think soberly, I think soundly or wholly or big picture. Here's the difference. Don't think of yourself all the time. Get back and get the big picture. You know why I've had the most trouble in my life? When I get thinking about where I am and I start zeroing in, zeroing in on what's going on in my life right now and I start to get tunnel vision instead of blimp vision. You know, sometimes in your life you need some blimp vision. You need to take a step back. You need to take a step back and get the big picture that I know what's going on right now is not good, but it will not last forever. You got to step back and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not going to be defined by this moment. God's going to bring me through just like he did anything else. I need the big picture. We can't see through heaven's eyes sometimes. Sometimes when we get God's perspective, everything changes. Once you get the heart of God on something, something could be tragic in your eyes, could be from God's eyes, something a whole different way of looking at it. And that's what he's telling us here. He says, listen, don't think more highly of yourself. If we start focusing on ourselves so much, we will close in and we will not live generously. We'll not live generously with our gifts, our talents, our time, our finance. We will not live generously. We will only be focusing about some me. You find yourself discouraged, you find yourself closing in, shift your mind and start thinking about how you can bless someone else. How many knows there's other people in our life that have it worse than we do? No matter how bad we have it, no matter how bad what's going on in our life, there is somebody worse off than us. Turn our affection off of ourselves and begin to think big picture. Begin to think soberly. If you're dealing with something right now and you can't even sleep at night, you're so focused on it, it's just overwhelming you. Right now, I believe God wants to give you an opportunity. Break that off of your mind and take a step back and get the big picture and let him know that he's with you every step of the way. More highly than you ought to think, but to think soberly. As God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. This is important. Each and every one of us has been dealt a measure of faith. You've been dealt a measure of faith. If you think about it in cards, I'm not promoting necessarily gambling. I'm just saying some people used to get uptight about any reference to cards in church. But if if you would play a five card draw, you know, every, uh, the dealer deals every person five cards. But not every card has the same value. Every person is dealt a measure. You have been dealt a measure of gifts by God. Your measure may be different from someone else's. Your gifts may be different from someone else's. But you've been dealt a measure The question is, what are we going to do with our measure? Are we going to complain about our measure? Are we going to compare our measure to someone else's? Are we going to say, well, I would do more if I was given more? We need to do more with what we have. You've been dealt a measure. God's given you something. Now live generously with what you have and watch God do something amazing with what you may think is not very much. This is what he's saying, I dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. You don't have the same assignment. You don't have the same responsibility. Each and every one of us have a different gifting. 
So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Verse 6, having then gifts, having them, having gifts. This tells me that every single one of us has gifts. We've got them. Now are we going to live generously with what God has dealt us? You may say, Chad, I don't have any gifts. I don't have any talents. I don't have any skill set. I'm not good at anything. That's not true. You have gifts because I believe that God dealt to each one a measure. Now, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. It doesn't say having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given us, let us complain about our gift. It doesn't say having the gifts differing according to the grace that's given us, let us us just sit and hold on to it. God says, I want you to use what I've given you. What do you have that you are not living open-handed with, that you're not being generous with? What talents do you have? What resources do you have that God's speaking to you today saying, live generously? This is what we saw with Devane and Kristen in the video and how God started speaking to them about getting connected and getting plugged into the church and, and realizing that they have something to give. It wasn't that they were just to fill a slot in the church. It's they had something to give, that they could not live generously. They couldn't experience generosity unless it came from them. Hear me on this. I will not experience generosity unless I release generosity. I can witness generosity around me every single week. There is a bunch of people that are generous in making church happen. There's people that's generous making us go online. People generous that's watching our kids right now. I can experience that generosity as far as on the outside, but I will never experience it internal unless I participate in that. And I say, God, what do you want me to do at work tomorrow that I can live generously? What do you want me to do with that coworker that I know has been down? I know they've been going through a hard time. What do you want me to tell them tomorrow? Or that classmate, I've been seeing them in the halls, and I know they're going, I know they just got dumped by their boyfriend or dumped by their girlfriend. What do you want me to do, God? What can I do to live generously to give of what I have? The what, if, what about you? What if God's asking you to buy someone lunch? Or what if God's asking you to pay it forward into someone behind you at the drive-thru? Or what, what is it that God's asking you to do that you say, I've been dealt these gifts, God. What do I do to live generously? Having gifts differing according to the grace that's given us, let us use them in proportion to our faith. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith or ministry, serving, Let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, and he who gives with liberality. Notice how we're supposed to give. Here's what the Bible says. Generous living gives with liberality. Now, liberality, that's not to be confused with Liberace. (laughs) No one under the age of 30 got that joke at all. They're like, I have no idea what you're talking about, Liberace. I've got to update some things, okay? Liberality. (laughs) He who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality. Here's what the word liberality means there in Scripture. It means singleness, sincerity, or generously. As we start this series, what I felt like God was leading me to do is to stir our hearts to live generously. We're in a society. I don't know if you notice this. I'm sure you do. If you'll watch the news or you'll just listen to people. Watch posts on Facebook. Listen to what people say. It's 
focused on me. We've all got problems. We've all got issues. Nobody's saying we don't. Generous living is about saying, God, you have dealt me, you've given to me some gifts. I want to use them. I want to use them to my family members, to my friends, classmates, coworkers. I want to live outside of myself. The best thing the enemy can do, his strategy to you is to get you focused on you so much that you can't see anything else beside what's going on in your life. All I can see is what people are doing to me. They're doing this to me. They're not doing this to me. Oh, I've got it so bad. And you may. You may. But that tunnel vision, the only way we can get out of that, if we take a step back, get some blimp vision, and say, here's how I'm going to combat it. I'm going to start living generously. Here's what people are not doing to me, or this is what people are doing to me. I can't control those two things, but I can control what I do to others. So I'm going to start giving out of my resources. I'm going to start giving out of my talents. I'm going to start giving out of my treasures. I'm going to start being a blessing to other people. I'm just going to start living excessively and voluntarily. Do I have to? No, you don't. You don't have to. You get to. You get to live generously. You get to go around and just helping people and say, God, you've dealt to me these gifts. You've dealt me the ability to encourage people to smile. Some of you have the, the gift to smile. And the enemy wants to use circumstances in your life to rob you of that smile. So where you go around saying, I would smile if things were better. Chad, you don't know what's going on. You wouldn't smile if things were going on. But inside of you, you begin to be a blessing to other people because you sacrifice. It's yours to give. You give it voluntarily and it's a sacrifice. And you begin to say, I'm going to help someone else. This is what generous living does. It doesn't think about us. So as a church, here's what I believe God's challenging us. So you're watching online or here. We're going to live generously. It's our core value. We're going to live generously. We're going to have a heart to be generous. When someone says, hey, would you like to? Yes. Yes, I would love to. What can I do? What can I do? How, how can I help more? How can I, how can I be involved? And I'm saying you're praying, God, God, show me how can I do this? Because we're wanting to be generous with the gifts that we've given because I'm not going to be judged by the hand that's dealt to someone else. My generosity to God is not going to be measured by what he gave someone else. Just like my offering at church is not measured in comparison to yours. Mine is measured in comparison to my heart. God says, I want you to give out of what you have, not in compared to what Joe has or Sue has. I want you to give out of what you have. So don't compare yourself among yourself. Realize you have something to offer. 